In this episode, I want to talk briefly about a couple of saints we commemorate this week and what we can learn from them. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, senior pastor of St. Philip Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. Good to be with you as always. I am holding in my hand our primary worship hymnal or worship book called Evangelical Lutheran Worship. I've referenced this before, um, and I, what I'm looking at specifically is a calendar of commemorations in the front of it. Uh, periodically, I'll take a look at sort of who are we remembering as um, the Christian church any given day or week. This is uh, the week, of course, of May the 2nd that I'm taping uh, this episode. It'll appear late in that week. And there are two significant saints uh, that are commemorated during the week of May 2nd, or early in May, I should say. Uh, the first of them is Athanasius, whose feast day or commemoration day is May 2nd. And the other is Monica, mother of Augustine, uh, whose feast day is May 4th. And so I want to just say a quick word about each of those saints and remind us of what each of them can teach us today. I'm going to try to do this quickly. Uh, both of them lived in the first few centuries of the Christian church. Athanasius um, in the late 200s to the mid to late 300s and Monica from the early 300s to the late 300s. So Athanasius was a bishop in the early church, and he is known primarily for a big debate happening, again, this is the early days of Christianity, against someone named Arius. Uh, it's called the Arian debate or the Arian controversy. Uh, Arius taught that Jesus, while a very important and significant person, was simply the greatest of all created creatures. And Athanasius sort of said, well, if that's all Jesus is, then he can't possibly save us. Now, I am collapsing a very complicated debate and controversy into a few sentences, but what Athanasius eventually helped to frame up is something we know as the Nicene Creed. Uh, I think we've talked about that here before, the second part of which outlines how as we as Christians believe that Jesus is, as it says um, in the Nicene, I'll just read some of this. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Not a creature, but God in his very self. At the same time, um, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and became incarnate uh, and became truly human, okay? So here's this strange tension that Christianity has. It's one of many paradoxes of our faith. Jesus is fully divine and fully human. And we say that sort of as a matter of course in the 21st century, but in the early centuries of Christianity, that was not quite so clear. And again, Arius was a very, very popular teacher, and his teaching that Jesus was simply the highest of all creatures held a lot of power. And I'll read just a very brief, this is one of Athanasius's books, The Incarnation of the Word of God. Again, God becoming incarnate. And the uh, preface to this, or introduction, is by our old friend C.S. Lewis. Um, 
and this gets to the point of what can Athanasius teach us. Here's what uh, Lewis says. This is a good translation of a very great book. Saint Athanasius stood contra mundum, that's Latin for against the world, for the Trinitarian doctrine. When it looked as if all the civilized world was slipping back from Christianity into the religion of Arius. So again, Athanasius stood, and he's sometimes called Athanasius against the world. He stood almost alone against everyone else who thought that Arius's view was more um, interesting or fascinating or sophisticated. So the lesson he can teach us, one of the lessons he can teach us is stand your ground. Stand with the truth. And a couple of quick quotes about the truth from authors I've discussed here, which I love. Uh, Flannery O'Connor says, the truth does not change according to our ability to stomach it. And uh, Chesterton says, G.K. Chesterton, fallacies do not cease to be fallacies become, because they become fashions. Early in those centuries, Arianism became incredibly fashionable. Athanasius stood his ground. And back to this introduction by Lewis, he says, the glory of St. Athanasius is that he did not move with the times. It is his reward that he now remains when those times, like all others, have passed away. So, stick with the truth. Be confident in the truth. That's the first lesson from this man named Athanasius. Monica, St. Monica, is the mother of Augustine. Interestingly, I was just in St. Augustine, uh, Florida, and interestingly, there's another very famous city in America named after Monica. You may not have heard of Monica, but Santa Monica is named after her. Now, Augustine or Augustine, depending on how you pronounce it, his, his shadow looms large over the entire church, both east and west. He is one of the most important uh, Christian theologians ever to have lived. Um, however, he didn't start that way. He started actually not interested in Christianity. He, like Arius maybe, thought that there were other more sophisticated ways of understanding the world. And so for a long time, he actually uh, followed a, a, another heresy called Manichaeism. Manichaeism, I'm not saying that right. We'll put it up here uh, to get the word right. Uh, which ended up being, he thought, better than Christianity. And it t completely disappointed his mother, Monica who for all the years he moved away from Christianity did what? Prayed for him. Prayed that he might, in fact, see the truth. And his story is maybe one we'll look at in more detail another time. But of course, he did end up uh, seeing the truth of Christianity. And not long after that, Monica died. So what can we learn from Monica? That our prayers make a difference. And also that the prayers that we pray, may, while they may make a difference in ways that we can't even understand or believe, we may not see the fruition of those prayers until long after we're gone. But we should pray them all the same because we cannot predict how those prayers may ultimately change the world, which I would argue Augustine did. And I would argue he did it not only because of himself, but because his mother prayed for him all those years and prayed to have him converted and to see the truth. 
So again, uh, much more could be said about both of these individuals, Athanasius and Monica, but I saw their names in the commemoration this week and I thought I would just lift them up in, in a way to remind us that we can, in fact, learn important lessons from Christians who have gone before us. And every once in a while, it's appropriate to look at those lessons and reflect on them for our own time. I hope that's helpful, and it's good to be with you, as always. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm-hmm.